0: If you'd like to give a donation, you can simply go to our website at mtdm.org and click on that donation button. God bless you.
1: I think we had a few people that needed to do um, the prayer of agreement. Um, Who want to go with that prayer of agreement and then we'll go on with um, what we need to continue with on tonight. Tasha, you want to do yours? You want help with yours? Yeah, you can help her.
2: Okay. The Lord's strength backs the prayer of agreement. Jesus is the one who told us in Matthew eighteen nineteen. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20 says, for the two or three are gathered together in, in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Thus, God's presence is provoked through prayer of agreement. Amen. And then there's her intercessory prayer.
1: Well, we're going to do that one prayer? later. Okay. We'll do that one later, Natasha. Later. Okay. But you're on it. Thank you, Natasha. We're going to go back over um, the prayer of intercession. And I started with Ezekiel 22, 23 through 31. And when we look at intercession, it means to stand in the gap. And in the book of Ezekiel, um, chapter 22, it's talking about the sins of Jerusalem. And God was telling them about all of their sins. And when you look at uh, verse 30, he said, I look for someone to build up, repair the walls, and to stand before me where the walls are broken, in the gap, the breach, to defend these people on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy them. But I could not find anyone, so I let them see. I poured out my anger, my wrath. I destroyed them with an anger that was like fire because of all the things they had done, says the Lord God. So the Lord was looking for someone to stand in the gap, and that's what intercession is, is to stand in the gap. When we look at the Old Testament, we went over Abraham and how Abraham in Genesis 18, they were going to destroy um, Sodom and Gomorrah but they said they could not keep it from Abraham so the um, Abraham he began to plead on the behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah he said if there's 50 righteous will you not destroy Sodom and Gomorrah so the Lord said if I find 50 I won't destroy then he said, what if you find 45? He said, if I find 45, I won't destroy. So he went from 45 to 30. Then he went from 30 to 20. And then finally, um, Abraham said, if you find 10 righteous. So Abraham was standing in the gap for Sodom and Gomorrah. And that's what intercession is, is standing in the gap on behalf of another. When we look back again at Moses and Exodus 32, We see what was going on here. Turn to Exodus 32 because as as I was reading back over this today, um, in Exodus 32, Moses, he had went up to be with the Lord. And Moses had stayed a long time with the Lord in verse 1. Now when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come make us gods that should go before us. For as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. So the people felt that Moses was delayed. He was not coming back quick enough. So they needed someone to be there on their behalf. So they said, let us make gods. And when I began to read that, and I know some of y'all read it before too, but the Lord brought back to my mind how when we don't, Get things the way we want to get them, or when somebody is not there for us the way they need to be there, we can get something or someone to be our God and don't even realize it. We can make something or someone our God. It could be a car you may be attached to, and every time you uh, drive that car, it make you feel a certain way. You wiping that car, you cleaning that car all the time. You want um, that car to be something to you that it cannot be, and you want people to see that car as something special, as something you can depend on, as something that can take you here, there, yonder, whatever it may be. Sometimes we can attach ourselves to other things more than we attach to God because when we feel like God is not answering us or um, I've been saying this prayer for so long, I'm not hearing nothing from God, we can turn to other things and it can become an idol. So anything that you look up to more than God, that you're seeking more than God, can be your idol. So we have to be very careful because sometimes we can have idols and we don't even realize that we have an idol. So this is why when you're hanging around a person or when you have, to have, a, a, when you have a certain desire to have a certain thing and you got to have that thing, and you won't be um, satisfied until you get it, whether it's material or whether it's a man or a woman, children, whatever it may be, those things you're putting before God. Anything you spend more time with than you spend with God is an idol. Anything that you worship, you bow down to more than you bowing down to the Creator and Maker of all things, it is an idol. Anything that you're trusting in more than you're trusting in God, it is an idol. Money can be an idol. Some people say, I'm not serving money. Yes, we can be serving money and don't even realize it. How do we realize it? Because we go after money so hard saying I have to do this, I have to make this, I have to make that. If I don't make this, if I don't make that, I can't do this and I can't do that. I cannot live like I need to live, so I need to get another job. Or the job that I do get, it need to be this amount. I'm not going under that amount. So if your mindset is like that, you can make money your God because you're going after that and you trust in that more than God. So we need to check ourselves to say who and what am I trusting more than God? Because just like them, when Moses was delayed and he didn't come down, when they wanted him to come down, They said, make us a God. They had to have something that they could depend on. So guess what they did? They made a golden calf. And Aaron was the one who carved that golden calf out of the jewelry and everything that they had given him. So they took that calf and put it in the place of God and did things with that calf that they would do for God. How many of us have have done that? Some of us have done that and don't realize it. When we look to a person, and we want a man or a woman to work it out, to figure it out for us, and we're waiting on them to do it, instead of trusting what God has said, that can be an idol. That's who we're putting our trust in. That's who we're idolizing. Whether it's a doctor, whether it's a lawyer, whether it's a supervisor, whether it's a pastor, whether it's a friend, whoever it may be, husband, wife, whatever, it may be that we're putting more trust in than we're putting in God is an idol. And whoever or whatever, we know material things, the enemy used that for us to idolize, but when it comes to a person or someone that you're close to and they're allowing you to do this, then they're wrong. Nobody should be put above God, and this is what they were doing. They were idolizing that golden calf because Moses delayed to come down. So this is what God did, and one thing I love about God all of us in here, if we have been seeking God, if we're in his word, the way the way we need to be, God will let you know what's going on in your life. And he'll let you know what's going on in somebody else's life if he trusts you. Now, Moses was up there with God and God spoke to Moses. He told him what those people was doing, the exact thing that those people were doing. And God called them stiff necked people. He called them rebellious people. He said, Moses, your people that you brought out of Egypt. So now they're Moses people. I, I, every time I read that, I would laugh. I said, okay, God, they're they Moses people now. And the reason why? Because God had put those people up under Moses. Because Moses was their leader. He was the one that was leading them. So Moses was the one that God had given authority over those people. So God spoke directly to Moses. Just like any leader, if God have you leading on your job like a supervisor, He's the head man is going to go to the supervisor. If things are out of order, he's going to go to that supervisor and say, okay, we're not hitting the quota the way we need to hit the quota, so you need to find out what's going on, or that's your job. So it it goes from the um, top man to the supervisor, well, at the hospital, it was the CEO, CFO, and then it was the director. I was in the um, seat of the director, so when the CEO saw that the numbers was not right, that the money wasn't coming in the way it's supposed to, he went to the CFO. Then the CFO would come to me and say, what's wrong with the money? Why are we are not getting the money the way we need to get the money? Now, you need to find out why has Medicaid dropped this low, Why has Medicare dropped? You need to find out what's going on with Blue Cross because it's not where it need to be. And we're seeing what's going out, but it's not coming in. So you need to report back to me and let me know. So it was my job as the director to sit with the supervisor and say, we got a problem. There's something that's not right. So when me and that supervisor got together and looked at everything, then we had to go to the people. And say, okay, this is what you're not doing. So see, it starts with God. And it starts with the one that God has put in that place, in that position to find out what's going on. And it's like that in the body of Christ. Because somebody got the answer to the way God has set up, the way God has orchestrated the body, the patterns of God. He got to have somebody to talk to and say, this is not right. If you look at Paul, when Paul traveled, when Paul set up these churches, Paul went back to the churches as an apostle, and he was finding out, okay, let's go check on these churches. And even when Paul was not there, and he was getting report on these churches, Paul was ministering where he was to these churches, sending letters to them, letting them know, you out of order. This is the order we're supposed to keep. Anything or anybody that is not doing what needs to be done, God is going to go to the one that he has put in charge. He's going to go to him. And he's going to find out what's going on in that house. What's taking place in that house? Somebody have to give an answer. So Moses, he went to Moses, and he told Moses what was going on. Now, why didn't he just go down there and kill them people? Come on, somebody. Why didn't God just go down there and deal with those people? He went to Moses. He said, now, Moses, this is what's going on. So God is a spirit. Those that worship him must wor- worship him what? In spirit and in truth. God was communicating to Moses. So he telling Moses, these stiff-necked people, Moses, this is what's going on. So Moses had to handle that situation. This is how Moses handled it. Moses was standing in the gap. Here is God. Here's the, uh, Moses. And here's the people. So Moses was the middle man that was standing in the gap to keep those people from dying. So he had to intercede on the behalf of those people to keep God from killing those people. And he had to let God know, you gave a covenant. You gave that covenant to Abraham. You gave it to Isaac. You gave it to Israel, Jacob. And if you kill these people, what do you think the nations are going to say about you, God? So Moses stood in the gap. So that's what standing in the gap is. That's what you do when you stand in the gap. This was the Old Testament. We looked at Abraham. He stood in the gap. We looked at Moses. He stood in the gap. In the book of Ezekiel, God couldn't find nobody to stand in the gap. So the fire of God came down. And what did it do? It killed those people. It did. God did what he needed to do on behalf of those people. But up under the new covenant, which comes through Jesus... Let's go to 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through verse 5. He says here, first of all, expanded Bible. Then I tell, urge, exalt you to pray for all people, asking God for what they need and being thankful to him, making petitions, prayers, and intercession and thanksgiving for all people. So this is what we are supposed to be doing. We talked about the prayer of petition, the prayer prayer of supplication. When you ask, um, have a request that you're asking before God. And then he said prayers and intercession and thanksgiving for all people. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to intercede, stand in the gap on the behalf. It could be for yourself. It could be for a relative. It could be for a church member, whoever. That God lays on your heart, the Holy Spirit lays on your heart to intercede for them. He said, pray for rulers, kings, and for all who have authority so we can have a quiet and peaceful lives full of worship and respect for God. This is good and it pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to know the truth. So when we're interceding for the ones that are lost and we're going to get into that. After I finish this, I'm gonna let you know the difference. There is one God and one mediator, so that human beings can reach God. Christ Jesus, who who himself, who himself is human. So Jesus, what he did through his death, burial, and resurrection, Jesus shedded blood for the remissions of our sins. Sin was separating us from God, meaning that we could not fellowship with God. Forced because of sin, so Jesus done away with what He done away with sin. Jesus um, stood in the gap. So after Jesus did that, now if He done away with the sins, let's go to Hebrews seven twenty-five. Therefore, He's able also to save to the uttermost, completely, perfectly, finally, and for all times and eternity those who come to God through Him, since He is always living to make petition to God and intercede with him and intervene for them. So what Jesus did, when Jesus shed the blood, Jesus, when he did what he's supposed to do, he sat at the right hand of the Father. When he sat down at the right hand of the Father, that means it was finished. He didn't have to go back and do it a do-over. He didn't have to go back and do it again. So by him standing in the gap for us, it gives us free course to go to God. There is nothing in between us to keep us from going to God. Jesus did not have to do like those priests did. Those priests had to continually offer sacrifices. They had to continually do this. They had to bring our sins and their sins before God so God could be approached. That does not have to happen with us because Jesus done it once and for all. Jesus is not up there pleading with God. He's sitting at the right hand of God. So if Teresa go to God, he's not sitting there saying, please, God, please, God, answer her request. That request has already been answered by the blood. It's done. It's finished. He don't have to sit up there and plead. He's sitting down. He's not standing up. It's been done. He don't have to do a do-over. Every time Teresa come, he don't have to stand up and say, please, God. Come on, God. Heal a God. Deliver a God. No, when Jesus did what he did, he did it once and he's not going to do it again. The blood is already on the mercy seat. Everything that God required for us to come before the throne of grace to find mercy in our time of need, to have confidence to come before him. Jesus made the way so we don't have to beg. We don't have to plead because Jesus already done that for us. He's sitting down saying you have free course now. To come to the Father in my name. It's no more begging. It's no more pleading. So quit your begging. Quit your pleading. You don't have to do it no more. Jesus certainly ain't up there doing it. He's he's sitting down at the right hand of the Father. And knowing that it's already done. So now we can enter in. Romans 8.34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also make intercession for us. When God see the blood on the mercy seat, it just reminds him what Jesus done. That's all. Jesus don't have to do it over and over again. It's done once and for all. It's a done deal. It is finished. So when we look more um, at this, we see what Jesus have done, right? Where I want to go is people are, how can I put it? There's nowhere in the Bible that says there's a position for intercessors. We, are all, we, as believers, we are all intercessors. All of us can intercede. But it's some people that intercede more than other people. So they may intercede, you know, for different countries, different nations, more than you do because it's put on their heart to do it. That's okay. But you do not Take a whole bunch of people and begin to plead with God and beg God not to blow up a nation. God ain't going to do that. Jesus already made the way. So you don't have to, please God, don't kill them, God. Please don't kill these people for their sins. He's not. Jesus already took care of those sins. He already took Those sins. It's already been paid for. So if you hear a group that's out there saying, we're going to have to go to this church and we're going to have to beg God not to kill those people in the church. If we have to pray all night, we'll do it because God has called us to intercede. He has called all believers to intercede, but God is not killing people because of sin no more. You go to hell for rejecting not what Jesus done, not for sin so when you have these intercessors that are going everywhere and say God called me to Africa to plead for them so they won't die no more so they won't be malnourished no more that's a lie from the pit of hell don't believe all of that Jesus sat down on the right hand of God we are sitting with him So that means when we go to God, we don't go to him anxiously pleading for him to heal, pleading for him to save our children. We don't have to do that. Jesus done it once and for all. He did it all. He saved everybody, but people have not accepted what Jesus have done. So it's too much of the church that's out of place because they're listening to other people instead of allowing the word to speak to them. When you're not in the word, you take anything that people are saying for truth, and it's not true. The only thing you have to do is receive, believe, and conceive. Receive it. Believe what Jesus has already done. That's all we have to do. We don't have to do no pleading. We don't have to do no begging. We don't have to do no mapping out. Nothing. Only thing we have to do is take the word for what it is and give it back to God, the word. When you look at John, the 17th chapter, this is Jesus. This is intercession. Jesus was praying for himself. That was the first part. Then when you read on, when Jesus was praying, he wasn't doing nothing but um, giving the word back to God, what God said. Then when he prayed for his disciples, he did the same thing. He only gave God the word on what God said. Then when he began to pray for other believers who the disciples was going to bring in, he didn't do nothing but give God back the word of what God said. So when you intercede for somebody, you're taking the very word of God and say, God, the Bible says that the goodness of God leads to repentance. So, Father, I thank you that because of your goodness, God, they can repent. Send someone out there, God. Send someone, you said, that the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So I bind the hands of the enemy right now that's keeping them blinded to keep them from seeing this glorious gospel. He's blinding them to the truth. That's all you do. That's interceding. Interceding is not... Please, God, oh, I know you can, God. Come by here, Lord, come by here. Somebody needs you, Lord. Yes, they need you tonight, Lord. Somebody's hurting up in here, Lord. Come on, Lord, come on now. You're still hurting. Oh, Lord, you ain't got here yet. Please come by here. He's here. He's already in you. So when you don't know these things... You're going to do it that way because this is the way that people are doing it. If you know what you already have, the only thing you're doing, see, we want to bring heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. Heaven to earth, not earth to heaven. But what we're trying to do, (laughs) we're trying to make God do something that God has already done. You cannot make him do something that he's already done. Quit trying to say bargain with God. Y'all know how we bargain with God. Lord, if you take this pain away, Lord, I'll go to church. Lord, if you take this pain away, Lord, I'll pay my tithes when I get there. Lord, if you take this pain away, God, I won't see that woman I've been seeing for months. Lord, if you take this pain away, Lord, I'll, I'll do everything that I need to do to glorify you. Then when he take the pain away, he ain't coming to church, he ain't paying your tithes. Seeing the same woman that he always saw. See, this we're bargaining with God. But God already made a way outside of what we want to do and how we want to do it because he's God. When we know what God has done, we don't have to bargain with God. He was showing me an illustration when I was going back over this. And I think I did this before. He showed me throwing paper in the floor. You remember this, Tiffany? And you remember how Tiffany kept picking it up and kept picking it up. She kept picking the paper up. And the more she picked that paper up, the madder she got. She was keeping that face, though. But inside, she probably wouldn't knock y'all out. Knowing that she kept cleaning, kept cleaning, kept cleaning. And, and, you know, people just kept throwing stuff down. But when God showed me this, he said... If it's paper on the floor, he gave me the illustration, and you pick it up, why would you go tell your husband to clean up something that you already cleaned up? Do y'all get it? If I already done it, why why am I telling him this is what you got to do when there's nothing there to clean up? God has cleaned up the mess. Sin was a mess, a hot mess. He took all the sin on to himself, past, present, and future sins. He took it on. So if he took it on, why am I still feeling condemned over something that God took? Because I'm allowing the enemy to condemn me when God has already took every sin, past, present, and future sin. That's why he said, therefore, in him and Jesus Christ, there is therefore no what? Condemnation. So this is why we have to know what the word of God is saying. So when you pray to God, don't go to him pleading and begging him. Oh, Lord, save my son. If you don't save him, he's going to die. Lord, if you don't save him, somebody's going to kill him first. At least I know if they kill him, he'll go to heaven. Give him some crazy prayers. Lord, don't let him sleep. Don't let him rest at night. Until he accept you as his Lord and Savior. Lord, if you turn on one side, Lord, let him toss on the other. Lord, you can kick him out the bed if you want to. Long as he say, I'm saved, is do what you want to him. Y'all, that's witchcraft. That's not how you pray. You have to, let, you have to pray what the Word of God is saying. And you give God thanks for what he's already done. Like the president and everything that's going on in the White House. The White House, I don't care if they get a Republican or a Democrat. You're going to have foolishness, I say, going on in the White House because it's run by man and not God. You will have a man that say, oh, how I love Jesus and he's in my heart, but he's the biggest devil there is. Then you can have one that say, I believe in Jesus, and he's allowing everything to go on in the White House. What daddy say from the White House to y'all house. Things are going on. But what we do is intercede. We don't get mad at one another. We intercede according to the word of God. We do it according to the word. We do it the way that Jesus done it because we're going to have corruption. We're going to have all of these things in the world. But God has given us his word and telling us to speak his word over these things. We need to quit speaking negative. We need to stop agreeing with what's going on in this world and start speaking how God wanted to be. God, this is how you said it should be. And that's how we should speak and we should give God glory for that, we need to quit sending these prayers I, I was listening to this woman today. It was a blog she had, and she put in that blog, had a prodigal daughter, she said. And in that blog, she said, Lord, do what you have to do to her to bring her home. Teenager. So she got pregnant. She said, and you know what? She come home, and we got a beautiful baby. God, do what you got to do to her. I don't think God allowed, wanted her to have sex and bring a child into the world and she couldn't take care of herself. That's out of his will, isn't it? So we should pray the will of God over our children. Lord, this is how you intend for it to be. This is what I'm speaking over my children, God. Speak the word and the word only. So when we intercede for someone, we only intercede according to the word of God. Do not let people tell you. We got to stand in the gap. You only speak the word. Jesus have already interceded for us on our behalf with the father. We can go to the father boldly speaking according to the word. And giving God glory that is already done. So the Holy Spirit. We talked about the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 26 through 27 how he intercedes on our behalf. The Holy Spirit is there. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groaning, which cannot be what? Uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the what? will of God. So the Holy Spirit does that. When we look at Acts 12, this is when Peter, he was locked up in prison, and Herod was going to kill Peter. But the Bible says that in uh, Acts 12:1, now about that time, Herod, is it Herod? The king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. But look at what happened in verse 5. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. They were interceding on the behalf of Peter. And by them interceding, an angel of the Lord came in and peter end up coming out of that prison he went to the house where where prayer was going on for him and rhoda saw him at the gate or heard him at the gate or whatever and she went and told the people that peter was there and they say girl you done saw a ghost some prayer phrasing now they were interceding they were standing in the gap and there go peter and peter had to keep on knocking to let the man in Isn't that something? So evidently, the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. And they were praying righteously. But when he came to let them know I'm out, they were like, that's a ghost. Can you imagine we in here, we just praying and seeking God and speaking the word. And the thing we praying for is coming through the door. And Teresa say, oh, Lord. (laughs) Well, that's what we've been praying for. So this is what they were doing concerning Peter. So this is the prayer of intercession. Do not let people think or let people make you think it's something you have to do to move God. God don't need no moving. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. He changed not. Don't think you have to do something to make God do something. Don't say I'm a fast for 40 days until you bring revival. Then they might be burying you. You don't have to do nothing to get God to do anything. He's done all he's going to do. He done it through his son and his son is sitting at his right hand along with us. He is resting because he said it is finished. It is done. It is complete. Only thing you have to do is take the word and give it back to God because it is his word. This is the confidence that we should have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hear us. And if we know that he hears the petition that we have put before him, we should know that he's already answered. That's the word. So that's intercession. When you know what the word has to say, you can stand on the word and the word only. That's what the prayer of intercession does. No more or no less. Some people say, I'm an intercessor. Come to my house. We just, the heavens just open at my house. We can see in the rim of heaven at my house. I just look up and I just see the stars just blinking, just blinking, just blinking. Your eyes might need to be checked. Because some people use certain things to say, oh, I saw this dove and it landed on my roof. And you know what they say about doves. It's the Holy Spirit over my house. Because I was praying and there go the dove. Then you call in all the intercessors. Our prayers have been answered. God sent a dove just like Noah when he was on the ark. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. And, you get, and people get people to believe that stuff. Because they think they're the great intercessor. You know, it's great intercessors that can open up heaven better than you can. And the only reason probably is because they're more in the word than you are. And they know what the word says and they're praying truth. They're praying the word of God. So don't get wrapped up into things outside of the word. Know what the word is saying. We have too many prophetic I'm giving you the right word. Prophetic people who are prophesying. That's keeping people in church. By steady prophesying something to say, God is saying this and God is saying that and this is what we got to do. Uh, Come forward and God is going to bless you tonight. I'm already blessed. Come forward and let God heal you tonight right where you hurt. You know you've been hurting. You know the man done you wrong. Mm. So people come for all of that, but won't get into the word themselves. When you get into the word yourself, and the more you get into the word yourself, and the word get in you, you ain't looking for no profit. You ain't looking for nobody to tell you anything, because everything you need is in the word. Does it feel good when you get confirmation? Yes, it does. Because you know what God has already told you. And you can say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for the confirmation. God is just sending somebody to confirm it. Now you need to get into the word, stay in the word, so you won't be fooled by false prophets. Amen. So this is the prayer of intercession. Do anyone have anything that um, they want to say or have experience with the prayer of intercession? Okay. Come
2: on up, um, Kathy. Uh, um, I just um, just encourage some people who are believing God for their loved ones to be saved and family members. But um, for years, and I shared it before, but for years... Um, i was the only one saved in my family and um i know the word of god said that he would save me and my house and i know it didn't have to be the ones in my house but my family and um i spoke the word i gave god his word back on a regular basis i decreed and declared it I, um i was just agreeing with what he said and believing him and then god did go through and saved everybody he saved um just everybody <laughs> he went through and saved so many and then they reached out and got others but um god on it that prayer just standing in the gap for just people to come to christ amen and he did it amen in
1: as they say won't he do it yeah. do anybody have anything they want to share with the prayer of intercession okay do we have any announcements at this time To intercede, yes, you need to be humble and not arrogant. Because we know pride, where pride is, there will be a fall. And I'm glad they mentioned that because we have some people who feel like that they can intercede better than others. And even though they might can, you don't put that out there because that's the spirit of pride. So you have to be careful who you linking up to these circles. Just like I've noticed people having um, prayer over Facebook or Over the phone and saying, you know, we're gonna pray, pray open the heavens, or we're gonna. You got to be careful, and you have to have your ears open and attentive to what's being prayed and how it's being prayed. Because some people pray witchcraft, and sometimes we get excited because we're invited into that prayer circle. I was chosen to be in that prayer circle. I've been praying heaven down. Things has been happening, and the windows and doors of heaven has been open. They already open. See, when you don't know these things, you end up joining these groups. And some of the groups that people are joining are living lives outside of the will of God and the word of God. You got to watch fruit, too. You can't have somebody praying one night and partying the next. That's just not right. So be careful who you're linking up to. You cannot be praying with people and then they're doing stuff outside of the will of God all over TikTok cutting the food. That's mocking God. We don't do that. So just be careful. Sonia, can you come up so we can hear you?
2: I wanted to say that I had a family member that was sick and um, another one of my family members in Georgia posted a prayer. And I'm like, because I know that lifestyle. And I started reading through the prayer and so many people were backing up the prayer and amen and preach, sister, and all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the prayer, it turns out she was praying to Mary. Doing what? She was praying to Mary. Mary. I think that people call themselves Christians because they grew up in a Baptist church or a Methodist church or whatever church they grew up in. They're not really Catholic. They just see a prayer online. They copy, paste it, and people join in it,
1: and it's a hot mess. What about the chain letters? Oh, chain letters. And some people be joining in with the chain. If you don't pat, you got to pass this on to ten people. You have to be so careful. Is there anyone else before we... Yes, it is. Okay. Speaking of the part about being proud and boastful in your prayer, a gentleman told me a while back that all. He said, you know what? He said, I spend time with God every morning. He said, I think I pray more than anybody else other than my pastor. I'm like how he know that <laughs> but you know <laughs> I don't know where you got that from that's what he said you know and you think about when you hear what people say how they talk you're wondering they didn't know what prayer is you know because things they speak native stuff like that you know and then he told me part how um, he said I might be uh, um, old and traditional but I wear a suit to church every Sunday and some people don't they don't wear shirt, suit and ties and you know but that's what I do not just me but you know he ain't coming back for that you know so Come on, Tiffany. And you should know the truth.
3: And the truth shall make you free. I just wanted to say uh, one time when I interceded, um, we was at a 4th of July cookout, and um, there was like a horrible accident that happened. And I know earlier that day before I went to the cookout, I was reading my scripture because, you know, I was trying to, you know, I'm trying to live a different life now. And I knew I would be tempted, you know, with, People asking if you want to drink wine or alcohol or whatever. And I had read a scripture it was saying something. I can't remember exactly what the scripture was. You guys, I'm sure somebody will know it was talking about being sober-minded and being alert or something like that. And so um, I just kept it in my heart, you know. And, of course, when I got there, I was tempted, you know, with, hey, you want this or why, why? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not, just not doing that. So anyway, later on, the car accident happened. And several people um, got hit by the car But one girl that got hit, everybody thought she had lost her life. Y'all was really bad. Um, Everybody was, you know, um, intoxicated, running around, screaming. And when I tell the story, you know, to people that I um, talk to, I'm like, I know it wasn't nothing but the Holy Spirit, and it wasn't nothing but Christ that kept me as calm as he kept me. Because whenever the incident happened, I managed to, you know, make sure— like, the children were fine because they were almost hit. They had just got on the back of a truck. They watched the fireworks. And then I saw another guy. He got hit. And then when the girl got hit, everybody just thought she was not no longer alive. And while everybody was, like, spazzing out and screaming and crying and yelling, intoxicated, all I could do was just reach my hand through the crowd. And I was praying. I was like, God, I know this little bad, but by your stripes, this girl is healed this lady is healed. It didn't look good at all. I couldn't see her face because it was wrapped up because she just got hurt really, really bad. But I just, from that day forward, I just gave Christ all, you know, praises for his healing power because it did not look good at all. And I was like, God, I just appreciate you and your Holy Spirit for keeping me sober and alert so that I could stay calm to not just you know, pray for her, but calm those other people that Amen. was around, you know, when that Amen. situation happened or whatever. But anytime, you know, I see somebody post about that wreck or talk about it, I just like, Lord, I appreciate you.
1: Amen. Amen. And that's what we're supposed to do. Somebody's on the phone. Okay. You can leave it on, Tiffany. Okay.
4: Hi. Um, I wanted to mention how... Um, a while back, Pastor was teaching on um, whenever God gives you someone to pray for, how important it is to pray about it, not to talk about it, because we can speak things negatively into existence instead of speaking what God's Word says. And during this time, I can't remember if she was teaching on prayer um, in accessory, but this is what is coming to my mind now. And because of the teaching that we were getting back then, um I saw how important it was to not talk about what dream I had or whatever because it wasn't about me. God wanted me to pray for that situation or pray in in the spirit, even if I didn't know what was going on, but to pray in the spirit and um this particular night, I had a dream about someone and She was a part of the ministry, and um, I didn't really know what was going on, but I just prayed in the spirit, and I found out the next day she was in an accident. And I do know God wants us to intercede for others. Um, He wants us to trust that his word is true, and he also wants us to be trusted that we're going to do it. And I also want to read out my prayer of agreement that I didn't ever read out, if that's okay.
1: That's fine.
4: And also, it was another time um, back when we was at the very first church, I remember a lady had came. I don't know her name. Apostle might remember her. She was an I don't know if she was an apostle, but she reminded me of Judy. She's a minister that used to come on. I
1: know you're talking about.
4: On uh, TBN. I think she might have been Indian, but she used to come and visit the church and she had prophesied to me, but she seen me in a dream. And she said, I've been seeing you. And I never met this lady before, never seen her before. And she was saying that she's been praying for me. And um I had fallen out in the spirit and didn't know what she said. But I remember buying the the it was a VHS back then, and when I played it back, and she was speaking some things into um, what God had for me and and um, what God had for me, and and she was speaking to pastor what she saw, and so I just know praying um, intercessory is is in the seating for someone is very important because. It's not about us. It's about what God has for others. And um, this is the prayer of agreement for me and Jamie. Dear Heavenly Father, um, according to Your Word in Matthew eighteen nineteen, when two, or two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father, of my Father which is in heaven. In Acts 1631, you said in your word, believe in the Lord and thou shalt be saved and thy house. And we believe our household is saved. And we, and Jamie and I trust in your word that you are here with us, Emmanuel, in our midst. We touch and agree according to your word, um, Proverbs 1130. He that wins souls for God is wise and we agree. That God's plans for our lives will manifest even more to draw more souls into the kingdom of God. According to 1 Samuel sixteen seven, that we shall not look unto man's faces and speak that God will have us to speak. For God looks at the man's heart, not at his outer appearance, nor the countenance of his face, and see his heart. We touch and agree according to Psalms 91, 1 and 2 whenever I'm sorry whomever dwell in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the almighty I will say of the Lord he is my refuge and my fortress my God in him I trust we believe in your word and we are covered and according to first John five fourteen, and this is the confidence we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us we know it's already done in jesus
1: name amen 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 can we have the deacons to come up and close us out and we'll do the offering
0: wasn't that an inspiring message Thanks for listening to the end. Join us every Tuesday for Bible study and every Sunday for service. We're looking forward to hearing from you as well. Feel free to reach out to us via the website at www.mtdm.org. God bless you and we'll see you next time.